This is Jacob. Just before the episode starts, I just want to pop in and apologize for the technical difficulties we had with Lenny's line. There is a little bit of uh, robotic sounding voice lines and a bit of cutout on her end. It's not terrible, but I do apologize for it. And we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Player One on Sin. That's right, Player One on Sin. It is that time of the week. You know that time of the week. We all love this time of the week. Now, of course, we have an amazing show coming up, but before we can get into any of the information there, let me introduce you to our hosts. Tonight, we have Connor. Yeah, I'm back. Michael, Michael Transactions himself did not kill me. I am still here. I will never leave. That is a rivalry that will last till the end of time. Following that, though, we have Eleni. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Some funny and interesting news to talk about. So keen. Ooh. Definitely, definitely. And last, but definitely not least, we have Tom. Help! I'm stuck in your radio. Yes, it's me, Tiny Tom. Every radio has one of me, and I'm in yours at the moment talking to you. Let me free. If you want to help free Tiny Tom from his uh, radio prison, you can check out all our socials, where you can check them out on Player One Sin, Twitter on, and Instagram. Uh, uh, you can also check out YouTube for Player One. That's right. Player One is on YouTube now. We now have videos up. Definitely check that out. Super exciting. Uh, following that, though, we can also be checked out on Player One, on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And to just give you a bit of a, a hint and a little bit of a teaser as to what's to come in this hour, we have, of course, the Rapid Fire news, some releases, what we've been playing. We're going to talk about whether or not Ring Fit Adventure is a great idea. We're going to talk about some Wiimote leaks, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. But before we can do any of that, we have to go into our first song of tonight. And tonight we're going into Angry Aztec, the lobby theme from Donkey Kong 64, here on Player One on... The song that you just heard was Red Ruby by Blonde Revolver. That's part of our Sin Sweet 16. You can find that on our Sunday Sweep Show or even on sin.org.au. You're here with me. My name is Tom, and there's a bunch of us here recording the radio for you guys at home as a part of Player One. And a part of Player One is the rapid fire news where we talk about all of the video game news this week. And to take that is Eleni. Thanks, Tom. Yes, um, some interesting news this week in the gaming world. Nothing too, too big, but still exciting nonetheless. Uh, Netflix will begin their quest into the world of games by first cracking into the mobile gaming world. So, Interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Ubisoft has stated that they'd be interested in bringing the games to the Steam Deck, which we will discuss later on, uh, if it's big enough. Um, you know, Ubisoft, no one really asked if we wanted you there, but that's okay, fair enough. Uh, Fallout 76 is... Yeah, no one really likes Ubisoft anyways, but alas. Fallout 76's Fallout First membership will soon support custom worlds with the functionality added to the PC version's public test servers today. Uh, developer Behavior Interactive have confirmed a Dead by Daylight Blood Hunt event will take place at the end of July, so exciting news. 
Uh, something that I'm very excited about is God of War's Christopher Judge, uh, who voices Kratos in God of War, will also play King T'Challa, the Black Panther, in Christopher Dynamics Avengers. So that's very cool. Uh, Nintendo has denied a Bloomberg report that suggests the company is benefiting from increased profit margins on the recently announced uh, Switch OLED edition. EA and Respawn have announced that Apex Legends will add new legend named Sia from August 3rd as part of Emergence. And some more Ubisoft news. Ubisoft have announced the new Tom Clancy X Defiant. A free-play arena shooter will be coming in August. So some interesting news coming our way in the game. But Connor, what releases have we got to look forward to? Well, I firstly have to give a big congratulations to Michael Transaction of the award winner Fallout First Membership for, for finally adding content that's actually worth using. But Cracking on to the releases, shall we? We have Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to Xbox Series S and S July 27th. Neo in the World Ends With You coming to PS4 and Switch July 27th. Samurai Warriors 5 coming to Xbox Series X, S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC on July 27th. Where's the PS5? Oh, my God. Uh, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles coming to PS4, Switch, and PC July 27th. Tribes of Midgard, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC on July 27th. Chernobylite coming to PC on July 28th. Nia Reincarnation coming to iOS and Android July 28th. The Forgotten City coming to PS5, Xbox Series S, and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. There's too many goddamn platforms here July 28th. Elder Soul coming to PS5, Xbox Series S, and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. Okay, stop it, guys. Seriously, this is getting ridiculous here next going to be here in Google Stadia. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Series coming to PC, iOS, and Android. The Ascent coming to Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. And finally, Alone With You. I'm usually alone here by myself coming on the Switch July 30th. That is quite a lot coming out. And, like, uh, it's just amazing to look back at some of these, uh, these news headlines that are coming out. But we are going to jump straight into our next song before anything else. And, of course, our next song is Waves Ocean from the masterpiece game that is Sonic 06 here on Player One On Scene. And that was Whatever You Want by Snowy Band from the Sweet 16 playlist here on Sin, which you can find on Sunday Sweets on Sunday afternoon. And, of course, go check out the Sin website, sin.org.au. It's posted there every week. Go check it out. Listen, we'll be right here. You go do that now. You've done it? Great. So we're going to talk about what games we've been playing uh, this week. I'm going to start off because why not? Um, I've been playing more, more Doom Eternal. Um, I've been playing it on the, the Xbox Series S. It's been great. And I have also been playing more of the medium. And I've encountered the big bad. And I don't like how it looks because it gives me terrible nightmares that I can't go back to sleep from. And I've been up for four nights straight. So desperate for some sleep, but God damn it, that thing is scary. But as well on the lighthearted side of things, I actually just purchased Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 or 2 on my Switch. So I've been playing a little bit of that before the show. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it's a standard Switch port. Um, it runs at 30 frames a second, but you know what? It's still fun. It's still Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, and I'm very excited about diving into it um, in the weeks to come. <laughs> who Eleni, Tom, Jacob, who wants to take the floor? I guess I'll jump in here and because um, I haven't been playing too much this week, just getting back to uni, all that kind of thing. And good luck to anyone who's just gotten back into uni. Uh, have fun with the new lockdown. That was great timing. Um, but of course, yeah, I have actually been playing somehow League of Legends again. I I've been in and out of it, uh, playing it with my partner, but um, they recently released a, a new new ish. Um, game mode called Ultimate Spellbook. 
And the idea is it just simply mixes it up, gives you an ultimate uh, ability that another uh, character would have. Um, and I think timing wise, I really enjoy it because it's when I'm starting to get much better at the game, I've started to break out of that early, I don't know what I'm doing phase of it and, you know, actually playing well. But I think this is also a great way to mix up the games because uh, it makes everything faster, makes everything feel much more um, hectic, which changes a game from averaging from anywhere from 45 minutes to 50 minutes to 25 minutes, which is all the difference in the world, um, to be honest. And yeah, I, I suggest if you haven't already, check it out. Maybe you want to get back in the league. Don't. It's a bad idea. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tom, what have you been playing? Well, this week I've been rather busy with the radio, being trapped in your radios at home, but I've been finding time to boot up GTA and get back into some GTA Online. I don't know what brought me back to it either. There's something about just like driving a car on the freeway while I'm supposed to be in class for uni and just listening to some nice music. I really enjoy that. It's a, it's a nice way to disassociate, but I like I also... I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Showdown again. Uh, and I think it's because I crave that esports and like the competitive stuff. And I'll like find myself going onto Pokemon uh, Showdown, booting it up, making a team, and then just uh, smacking some noobs, as I would say at the time. Uh, and mostly because, I don't know, there's something about the quick form of playing Pokemon. It's, it feels like a way that I can competitively beat someone like out with them but it's not like chess where i actually have to be smart you know i can just know a few little things like paper scissors rock but with uh 17 different types so you know it, it works out really nicely yeah well i guess we haven't asked one last person have we eleni what have you been playing this week well thank you for asking me what i've been playing this week tom um because i've actually been a bit busy in playing quite a bit of um games this past week uh i just picked up a game on steam called phantom abyss which is in early access at the moment uh but it's super fun i recommend checking it out it's kind of just like a weird like temple run indiana Jones. uh so it's like super fun the art design is awesome it's like this super like ultra saturated like colorful vibe uh and the atmosphere is awesome so if anyone likes you know an Indiana Jones vibe wants to escape from lockdown and go explore some tombs. I recommend getting Phantom Abyss. But I have also, of course, just picked up uh, Skyward Sword HD on the Switch. Been playing through that. Uh, I feel like always a player one. So many of us are Nintendo fans that Zelda always is brought up every show time. But it's really, really good. Um, originally, I was actually struggling with the button controls i was like leaning towards going back to the motion controls but i have now got it in handheld form i've been smashing it out and i've been loving that and it's been really good but guys you know what else is really really good after gone by holy holy featuring clues uh, that is c-l-e-w-s not uh, clues as in blues clues that's part of our sweet 16 you can check that out every week at sin.org.au or on the sunday sweet show every sunday afternoon now we're actually going to talk about something that i kind of forgot existed until somewhat recently when i saw an ad for it on television and that was the ring fit adventure and now if you remember correctly the ring fit adventure was actually really successful selling uh i've got the numbers in front of me 5.84 million units and a lot of stores struggled to keep up with the demand uh, for it last year. And I decided, you know what, let's ask the question. 
do we think there is any room for more fitness-based games? And is that a genre we want to see more from? And I figured, you know, Connor, you, you're one of the only people I know who's really put time into the ring fit. Uh, what do you think? Firstly, Ring Fit Adventure is actually a really good game. Um, this kind of thing will, I think, mostly work if the game itself is engaging and fun. And what Ring Fit does, it combines exercise with an RPG. And that amazing combination goes together so well and creates this lovely invention using the ring con, which I have somewhere in this house, but just can't find. Um, I've lost my ring con. Someone please help me find my ring con. Um, as someone who had, who worked in retail over the past year, um, initially, yes, there was a bit of a shortage when it came to ring fit, especially when the, the start of the pandemic hit, because it was something to keep for a lot of people who, perhaps didn't own a switch or owned a switch and just wanted something to do over the period of isolation. Um, this was a great way to do that just to keep active when you couldn't go outside. Otherwise the, the devil would get you. Um, Ring fit is a, it's just a fun, engaging game with a very well-made accessory for the joy cons. Now I would see Nintendo doing more to this. If it's, if it's something uh, like a Ring Fit sequel or just a completely different game where the Ring Con is still active, but instead of, say, a huge adventure, it's a mini game collection, which generally they've kind of done in the past, um, which I don't think works as well. Like, look at Wii Fit. Wii Fit sold really well, but it wasn't necessarily the full-on exercise experience that I got from Ring Fit Adventure because you could turn the intensity on Ring Fit Adventure really high and really like uh, there were certain sessions where I was utterly just dead afterwards because the game would actually really push you um, depending on how intense you wanted the workout to be. And it also gave me a lot of really good instructions on different kinds of workouts with Ring Fit certain enemies uh, get a weaker to certain exercises. So um for example, if they're the color, if the, if you have a green colored enemy, you would focus more on yoga exercises. Um, red was more intense, like cardio stuff, like that kind of thing. That was what really made Ring Fit fun because you could vary up your exercises in such a way that you weren't running on a treadmill for half an hour, being bored out of your brains because you hate running. You were able to split up your exercise routine as you're going through a level. And that can be through first portion of the level, running perfectly fine, uh, doing maneuvers with the ring con, so you're pushing it in and using the force of the ring con or expanding it, um, and then going into battles. Like it, It's such a fun exercise game that makes exercise fun. It, I, I just want to jump in and say that I didn't kind of realise how much Nintendo's um really dipped its foot never really taken a full step but always dipped its foot in like health games and all that uh especially things like uh with we fit i completely forgot that existed um but things like pokemon did it as well uh, of course with pokemon heart gold and soul silver which was about 11 years ago now um there was the pokey walker accessory which for yes. those who don't know was one yes. of the best pedometers ever uh, yeah it actually is it was actually uh, uh, the best pedometer. And that was a push to get children to go walk outside and go do that. And then 
couple years later, I'm sure we all remember, there was the Pokemon Go um, expansion and huge hullabaloo around that. And Pokemon's kind of always now had its foot in. Go outside, go have some fun. So I'd like to see more of this from Nintendo. They seem um, to like it. I would say even then, um, this is this could be something that goes back into the 80s, if you recall, which we're all too young to recall, but in our collective minds of educating throughout the years, um, there was a game called World Class Track and Meet, which um, an accessory for the NES was like a, I think it was called the Power Pad, where it was a thing you could place down on the floor and you would play the game and you'd have to run on it to get the character to move, but mostly it didn't work, so people just slapped their hands on the things to get the character moving. <laughs> that's, a, that's a true thing. Watch the Angry Video Game Nerd. Any excuse to watch AVGN is a good one. But you know what? We're going to go into something that is just about as edgy as AVGN. I am All of Me by Crush 40, and you're listening to Play One on Sin. Delaney, Jacob, Connor, and Tom... And sort of moving on to some other Nintendo news, following on from the Ring Fit Adventure, some really interesting old news for the Wii, the Wiimote in particular. So there was a leak recently from some Nintendo emails that did some early Wiimote designs. And the designs were actually really cool and interesting. I think in typical Nintendo fashion, they were very innovative uh, and some of them better than others, of course, but very interesting to get sort of insight into what could have changed, I guess, the whole console of the Nintendo Wii. But I'm interested to see what you guys think. What about you, Jacob? What were your uh, thoughts on this? So I, I will just mention that this is uh, actually coming out of the uh, quote-unquote Giga Leak that we saw back in 2020, um, where they got all this information about like the N64 and the GameCube and all that, and stuff is still coming out from that, which is fascinating to me. Um, but uh, I will say that just... Like, okay, I'm going to try and describe the early Wiimote design that's sitting in front of me. Um, and it is hilariously different to what we got now. So right, right off the bat, they're green, which is hugely different. There are extra buttons on a lot of them. A lot of them are more uh, TV remote style. We've even got the circular uh, set of buttons around the A button. Um, and the actual D-pad on the bottom of the moat, uh, which looking at, looks absolutely horrible to hold. Um, but it's fascinating to see this because this was tossed up and this was early 2005 by the look of it, uh, from what I'm reading anyway. So it, it's definitely different. And I like to imagine, because uh, those who don't know, Nintendo uh, actually threw around the idea and tested um, motion controls early into, uh, not early, but uh early into the GameCube's life and uh, late in the N64's life. So this could have come out, uh, looking at the colours anyway, this could have been planned originally to be a very, very late um, GameCube accessory just based on looks and timing. Well, Jacob, I would argue, um, I would say Nintendo probably working on motion controls well before that. Um, I would argue the Power Glove. Yeah, I will argue even earlier the zapper, right? Like technically, yeah, that's a very yeah. easy like uh, history of the Wiimote, You know, came it, with the NES. It is definitely fascinating to see it. Um, but the L and R button, as I said, there are there. So the L and R button aren't actually a thing on the Wiimote we have today, right? Also, they're called Wiimotes, not Wii remotes. Like 
I'll be real, I thought they were. Uh, Lenny, you were telling me just before we started that you thought they were as well. Um, yeah, I had no idea. So this news, obviously, interesting enough anyways, but you'd think, like, all these years, I loved the Wii, and I never once knew that. So like, I've really, really learned a lot from this leak. Thank you. Mm. What, what I love about this, the fourth, or sorry, the fifth design we see on the far right here of the image is they nearly uh, made the mistake of doing what the CVI did with its spoon controller and having a disc surrounding a button. Um, the, 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 the Philips CDI is a failed console with Mario and Zelda games, and it did a similar thing with one of its controllers. It's not good. Mm. Did it fail because of the controller, though? Oh, no, it failed because it was an absolute steaming pile of dog duty. Um, but listen, what's not a massive stinking pile of dog duty is our next song, which I will get to right now. It is... Simon's theme by Konami Kukia Club. Oh my god, that's a that's a mouthful, some alliteration there. You've been listening to Player One on scene with Connor, Jacob, Eleni, and Tom. And what you just heard was Halfway Home by Renwick from our Sweet 16 playlist, which you can find on Sunday Sweets on Sunday afternoons, and of course the Sin website at sin.org.au. But it is time. For the top of the hour, I've looked at my watch and it's saying nine o'clock. Um, I could be wrong because there's no actual watch on my wrist, but I think in my brain it's telling me it's nine o'clock. And that means, well, it's the top of the hour. So what does that mean? I just repeat everything that's been said previously. Go check us out on the social medias. Go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Player One Sin. And of course, checking out the podcast route at the Google Podcast, the Apple Podcast, the Spotify's, the Omnis, all those great places where you can find podcasts. And then, well, go check us out on YouTube. Jacob, throw up a link. Tell them where they can go to check out our video content. That's right. And Jacob, I'm still not done yet. Oh, I took over. We've got so much stuff to talk about here. Listen, we've got a quiz coming up. We've got to talk about Valve's new Steam Deck. We've got so much to talk about. And coming up next, that's right, you're not, I'm still going, Jacob. I'm not stopping. We're going to Star Credits. Okay, really? With the Zelda Wave remix by Polygon Dream. You've been listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Eleni, Jacob, and Thomas. I'd Beg by Eli is the song that you just heard, and that's part of Sin's Sweet 16, and you're here with me. My name is Tom, and you're listening to Player One. Now, what we have for you right now is Tom's special quiz. That means that I am going to give quiz questions to our other co-hosts here on the show. That includes Jacob, Connor, and Eleni. Now, if they want to answer the question, which sometimes they don't have to, all they have to do is buzz in by saying their name. Now, we have 10 questions. That means there are 10 points up for grabs. And at the end, a winner gets as a prize to do the quiz next week. Wow. Look at that. Writing and responsibility is your prize. Oh, no. Not responsibility. I mean, but if you lose, you get shame. So, you know, that's, that's much worse. Yeah. Now, right, this first question is actually quite hard, but it sets up the theme for what we have. Okay. So... We're just going to test. Everyone ready? Yeah. I do just want to say quickly, shouldn't the first question be the easiest question? Yeah, but I normally like to set up the theme. The questions afterwards are very easy. So we should 
Okay, cool. Right, I'm scared. On June 21st, 2007, a Nintendo published game was released exclusively to the Nintendo DS, and I proceeded to base my entire personality around it. What was this game? Connor. Connor. Now, if I, I, I don't know what the hell came out in 2007 for the Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with... Ooh, I don't know. Um, let's go WarioWare Touch. Did that come out in 2007? I'm not sure. Not on June 21st, though. I have, was- I'll give a hint to the rest of our co-hosts. I did sort of mention this in the show already today. Oh. Oh, oh okay. So it's not what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Now I've got to pay attention to what people say on my own show. Um, <laughs> I set it up. That wasn't a part of the deal. <laughs> it was ready. Mm. I've been here to get it for the, since I've been born. Mm. Uh, 2007. 2007. Um, I'm trying to think what came out in 2007. Because the, uh, the DS... Came out in 2005 in Japan. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, 2000- Eleni. Eleni. Was it a was it a Pokemon game? It was Pokemon Pearl was my game of That's choice, what I was but thinking. Pokemon Diamond <laughs> as well came out that day. Now that is the theme for the rest of this episode. It is Pokemon Diamond. Oh, oh, boy. Boy. oh, oh no! Am, oh boy! That's my you one and have... only point. Good. <laughs> you, you might as well just count me out. I'm I'm gonna be so hopeless here. I have. Uh, I, I'm very excited for the Gen Four remakes, and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, that's oh, cool." Gosh. And Jacob last week had a quiz question that involved Pokemon, and I was like, "Damn, I really want to do something around that." Originally, my theme was Bigfoot's involvement in video games. Uh, and you know what? Yes, that, I, that fell down a rabbit hole of uh, Bigfoot versus blank movies. And I, yeah, it, it didn't go well. <sighs> you can probably cut that. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, this, this is exciting, though, because it means I get to win because Pokemon is my wheelhouse. Okay, well, good. This is e- one of the easiest questions we have tonight. The game revolves around space and time. What are the two legendary Pokemon that embody these themes? Jacob. There we go. <laughs> uh, Palkia and Dialga. That is correct. Oh boy, here we go. That, I uh, personally yeah. would have gone with Snorlax and Charizard, but sure. I personally, Same, oh, you know yeah. Yeah, right. Look, I'm, 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 do- I'm doing a justice, okay? No, you won't have to worry about doing the quiz this next week. Okay. Diamond and Pearl contains eight gym leaders and an elite four. Name one of the... L- Name one remaining type that isn't covered by these 12 trainers. Now, before we get into it, Jacob, that would mean that Connor and Eleni, if you guys name one of the 17 Pokemon types that were out in this generation, you could just get it just by chance. Connor? Eleni. Connor. Um, Psychic? There is a Psychic Elite 4 member. Okay, that's fine. Eleni? Eleni, yep. Uh, Bug? There is a bug elite four member. Jacob. Jacob. So this is an unbelievably easy question because uh, up until... Gen- <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Oh, For someone wow. who's followed the franchise, oh. because up until Gen 7, uh, there was no dark type gym leaders and there were very few elite four members. So dark type's what I'm going to go with. Dark type is correct as well. Uh, Gen 3... 4 was the first one without a dragon type based... Uh, one cool. There are 151 Pokemon in the Sinnoh decks. Why is the number 151 significant? Jacob. Oh well, this is gonna this is clean sweep, isn't it? Jacob. 
Uh, including you, it is the uh, same amount of Pokemon in the original Kanto decks. Fantastic, Jacob. You currently have, what is it, uh, three? No, three points. To Eleni's got one. Connor has no, none. No, I'm going to play I, a little bit fair here, and I'm only going to answer from now on after both Connor and Eleni have answered, because otherwise I feel a little bit mean. Does anyone remember that scene from The Simpsons where Homer's beating up the fake crust, like he's the fake crusty <laughs> and he's beating up, this is what's happening here. And Tom, Tom is going to be the kid. Yeah, Tom's going to be the kid that's saying, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> now with this Connor, we've got this. Let's go. We're going okay. <laughs> to try to boss. Okay, now you might not want to cut me off because this question will have... Uh, an answer at the end of it. Why is it not my mouse scroll? Okay, there we go. Cool. An electric ghost Pokemon can inhabit appliances. Its name spelled backwards is a common part found in all of these appliances. What is that part? I already know this. Yeah, that's why I said don't uh, cut me off because you might say it wrong, the answer. Oh, Eleni, you can go first with this one. Can you repeat the question, please, Tom? An electric ghost type Pokemon can inhabit appliances. Its name, spelt backwards, is a common part found in all of these appliances. What is that part? I have no idea. If you've got nothing, I guess I'll jump in. Oh, I, I have some good All right, all right. Uh, How is your okay. knowledge of parts? <laughs> well, the tip, most of them are kitchen appliances. Okay, kitchen appliances that one narrows of them is an it down. Outdoors a appliance, and one of them is a. Everywhere appliance. What I love is that Connor and I don't know the Pokemon, so we're having to reply rely on our knowledge of appliances. To <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if there's one thing that I know that a lot of appliances have and should have is a handle. Um, <laughs> this Pokemon a handle. This Pokemon is uh, its name backwards is not handle. No. Damn it. Okay. Uh, its name backwards is motor. It is rotor. Correct. Oh, okay. Yep. See, oh, I was thinking yeah. like they can have it all I was thinking like I was thinking like kettles and coffee machines and okay, okay. stuff like that. This question <laughs> you guys have probably no hope on except for Jake. <laughs> God, this sounds like it. God, this sounds like a repeating pattern. We're getting, it? we're getting. This is sort of the border of the harder ones. At the time of its release, there was a new Pokemon that came with zero type weaknesses. What was its own types, and what was its name? Connor, and Connor. I'm going to completely get this wrong. I'm going to say it was a, it was a come at me bro type, and it was Snorlax. <laughs> no, could you I respect repeat that. that question for me just one more time? At the time of its release, there was a new Pokemon that came with zero type weaknesses. What was its own types, and what was its name? Okay, um, Eleni. Eleni. What was it? A fairy type. It was not fairy type. Okay. So, That's a good guess, though. So, Jacob, it's a uh, the funny first, guess. Att- first appearance of a Pokemon without a weakness uh, appeared in Generation 3 with Three. Sableye, yep, which Sableye. is a ghost dark type. Mm-hmm. But this is about Gen 4. Gen 4's was Spiritomb of there the same typing. <laughs> okay, the reason that your answer was funny, Eleni, was because when fairy type was introduced... It gave this Pokemon a weakness, which is why I had to stay at the time. See, I, I knew that Fairy, in my defense, I knew that Fairy had something to do with this. So, like, yeah. I think I deserve half point. I'm giving myself half point. Yeah, yeah take, that. take it, take it. Thanks. Okay, okay. I don't think anyone will get <laughs> oh. this. This is where we start to get into 
some much harder, more deep oh, cut lore. Look, to be fair, when we did the Doom one, everyone seemed to do well. And I'm like, oh, Doom's a bit more niche than Pokemon. <laughs> really? No, you, oh, actually, no, that makes a lot more if, sense. If, but if, we, if we get a show with maybe Nick and Demon, try Pokemon again, because I yeah. feel like that's going to be a lot more fair. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, that'd um, be a lot more competitive. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a lot I know more competitive. Beck also likes Pokemon. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But- Sharing a similar name with a public transport s- network in another country... Where would you go to meet players and dig up fossils in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl? Connor, I'm going to say it is a light rail. Incorrect. Okay. Um, okay, Eleni, can you repeat yeah. the question one more time? Sharing a similar name with a public transport network found in another country, where would you go to meet players and dig up fossils in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl? Um, the tube. No. Jacob, so... Jacob. It's the underground. I don't think it has a name other than the underground, does it? It's the Sinnoh underground, but you know what? I feel like that. I was going to award the point to anyone who would say underground. Yeah, you threw me off with the train part of it. I'm trying to think, like, Metro? No, um, the... The Metro London one? underground, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I do just want to let you know, Tom, um... The like the underground exists in everywhere in the world. It's not particularly no, no, no. they like you know how we have PTV. The the British like subway system is called the underground. Yeah, yeah the underground. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which is like Firstless... it's, it's got that uh Sorry. the circle logo and then blue strike right through it and yeah. underground is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for I was going to make the joke. It's like, wait a minute, Metro twenty thirty three is canon in Pokemon. Hell yeah, yeah sign me up. Metro, yeah. <laughs> Where well, Artyom shoot down the Pikachu's. I think the underground is the only public transport network anyone like would know. Typically outside of Australia, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Subway, yeah. yeah but, but, that's a tough one. Yeah, Jacob. Okay. Let's let's make it happen. Metro twenty thirty three Pokemon crossover. <laughs> Yeah, often, but I can do that. <laughs> often criticised for its... Uh, oh, okay, this is a weird start. Okay. Generation 4 was lacking in a balancing of amount of types, which is so weird. Okay. Uh, what was the only fire-type Pokemon you could catch in the wild in Diamond and Pearl before the post-game content? Connor? Connor. I'm going to take it just a... I don't know, Pokemon. I've never played Pokemon besides Pokemon Go and Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go with a bloody Charmander. No, sadly, no. Yeah. 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 Same oh, generation. So be wrong. Same generation, if that helps at all to uh, all any. Um, Huge hint. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jacob. Okay. Now I really yeah. want to get it, but I can't. Um, let me think. Okay. Fire type. Did you say before post game? Is that what you said? Yeah. But you say, so yeah, you can't catch it. Uh, you can catch it on like before post game, right? After post game, there's a few more fire types, but this one is the only one um, before the post game. Uh, um, and from generation one. It's okay. Oh, I think I might know this now that I think about it. <sighs> no, I got nothing. Just lost Jacob. <laughs> it's Ponita. Yeah, uh, it is Ponyta. Yep. Uh, the, oh, the reason I, I said that was such a huge hint is because there's very few fire types in Gen One, as well, uh, especially yeah. catchable. Um, <laughs> So that was... I mean, yeah, the, these two are just like, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's keep going. The Sinnoh Pokedex features 151 Pokemon. What Pokemon 
is number 151. Eleni? Eleni. Is it Mew? It is not Mew in the Sinnoh Pokedex. Jacob's just over here losing his mind. Um, oh, is no, it, I know what it is. Is it Mewtwo? Um, Mewtwo is not in the Sinnoh Pokedex either. <laughs> um, this, is, this feels bad. To, to be honest, I... I, I, yeah, I, I know, know, I know. I do feel bad I don't about know. it. I do. I, I don't do. know anything about Pokemon, so I'm like, not by the... <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Now, this is one that I'm actually not 100% sure about. Um, <laughs> is it... It's Arceus, isn't it? Or Arceus? No. The Pokemon no. is Manaphy. Oh, oh, yeah. Manaphy's a thing, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I think Jacob should lose all of his points. For I, getting agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I think that's how Such this should work. Well, I think it is. If I get, if no one gets the next one, th- that would mean that he does not win, right? He Correct. loses it. I agree. I agree. Uh-huh. It means I know, okay. I'll I take that. I'll the take legendary that. Pokemon, uh, Kyrus, Arceus, uh, Chaos, whatever you want to say. It's got a, large, a bunch of pronunciations. The god Pokemon was supposed to be obtained using the Azure Flute. How did players obtain this event-exclusive key item? Connor. Connor. They went down to the local store and bought it. No. Eleni. Eleni. Um, they made blood sacrifice. I would love and, that. And were gifted the Pokemon. That might work, actually. We ha- I don't think we have enough extensive testing in that field. But, Jacob, so you know the answer. This is a trick question, and it's very cool, <laughs> because the Arceus Azure Flute um, was never actually released. The only yeah. way to get it was through cheats. That uh, is correct. So... Yep. That's a, a classic Tom final throw. question. Is that's really cruel. Connor <laughs> and I were onto something that I think you go into mean, a yeah. local store and Honestly, make a blood sacrifice. If you, you should have gotten it. Like, I feel like that could have been anyone's game there. But Jacob Correct. obviously like, had. Yeah. Here's I the grew thing. Up around like, that time, I know. <laughs> like, here's the thing with uh, uh, me and Eleni, we don't know. Like, we, especially with Pokemon, we're both not going to know what a trick question would be in this one. Yeah, to be fair, um, all of my last ones are trick questions, typically. So, Tom, um, just remind us who won, because that was really close. So I'm just not sure what the final score was. Oh, that was, yeah, uh, just... it was actually Connor won this week. Oh, <sighs> well done. Great. Or was it Eleni? Did... I don't know. Do either of you guys want to write the quiz <laughs> next week? Wait, what did I win? Up? What did we win? The, the chance place, to write buddy. the quiz next week. Oh, what? Did Jacob get something wrong? Oh, yeah. He, he didn't. I don't think he got All any awesome. right. No, he had I decided no idea. to donate my points off to you, Connor. Oh, um, okay. If 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 you need that, all right, I'll I'll, I'll take them. But Eleni, if you want to write a quiz, but be my guest. You know what? I'll write the quiz, guys. Let's see what let's Fantastic. see what I can come you up with. You know what? I'm noticing there is a lot of blows being passed around here, and you know, like because we're across the internet, this is pre-recorded. It's really hard for us to pass blows unless we use the atoms. That's right. We're performing Atomic Karate by TWRP is the next song. And you're here on Player One on Sin. Soundtrack for that Karate by TWRP. And you're listening to Player One on Sin with Eleni, Connor, Jacob, Tom. And of course, probably the biggest gaming news to come out of this week, I think, was... Uh, Valve making the announcement of the Steam Deck. Of course, we'll sort of see them go head-to-head with the Nintendo handheld console scene. Someone who hasn't heard, I'm sure pretty much all gamers have heard, 
Valve will be introducing a handheld gaming device, which will essentially be a game, a console, I should say, that will have lots of games, lots of PC games. So it'll be an interesting thing in terms of seeing two big handheld consoles go head-to-head. I don't really think we've seen anyone properly challenge Nintendo in this sense. I mean, I don't know how many people even remember, remember the PSP, good old... PSP oh, days, are you kidding me? It'll be that very interesting. Amazing. You were a fan of Connor, really? Oh, the PSP over the DS any day of the week. Um, oh, but course. when we're talking about this, I don't, I don't agree necessarily that it is a competitor to the Switch. And I only say that because obviously, you know, obviously the PC market is huge, but I think a handheld PC machine is only really marketing towards a niche. And I don't think it, it's not going to sell anywhere near as well as the Switch. The Switch is its own, that has its own little totem that it stands and will always stand. This is just an alternative for PC players who want who want that option to go on the go um, and have their Steam library with them. And I think that's all this will be. Um not that I don't like the idea. I love the idea. I think it's, if anything, it's a very welcome uh, addition to handheld gaming. I think it's fantastic. I'm a l- In terms of, like, we can go into the design maybe a little bit later, but just from my end, if there's one gripe I do have with it, I think the button and stick layout is a bit wonky. I'm very used to the traditional style, especially with the Switch. I'm so used to having uh, buttons up here buttons down below with a stick input replacing those spots on each controller. So I'm not a big fan of that, but in terms of if it's a good, it's a good alternative to the switch, but I don't think it's a direct competitor at all. Well, yeah, I think the thing I can see it sort of having, I guess that direct competition is with Switch. we've seen a lot more third party companies start to port their games onto the switch. So I guess, what I find interesting, and we've talked about in the Rapid Fire News, is like a company like, for example, said they're interested in having their games being brought uh, to the Steam Deck. So I feel like in that sense, it could be interesting to see if this means that companies will potentially move away from any partnership with Nintendo. But I do agree with you looking at the design. Uh, it seems a bit fiddly and I guess maybe like less accessible to the everyday handheld gamer, I think it definitely looks like something for, uh, and I know they've started sort of discussing it as for the nerds and it's the handheld console for the more hardcore gamers. And I can see that, but I also don't know if that's the best strategy because obviously the idea of a handheld console is a more casual experience. So having it be something more, I guess, niche, like you said, Connor, uh, could be a real big hindrance to the success of it. Well, I also think that what really sets this apart from, well, what sets the Steam Deck apart from the Switch, more so in the Switch's favour, is Nintendo have very established IP and which are system sellers regardless of what they're on. Even if it's on the Wii U, they'll still have games that sell in the millions. Um, with the Steam Deck, obviously, it's uh, by Valve, who have, as well as, as well, a great library of games, but you know, 
as much as we like to joke about Half-Life 3, Half-Life isn't a household name amongst the wider gaming community. Mario is. Zelda is. So this is not going to be a wildly successful venture. It's going to be successful. I do believe that it will be successful, but I would be legitimately surprised if we see this crack the 20 million mark. I just don't see it reaching to the heights of the Switch because Nintendo is an established company who have a very good track record in handheld gaming. Yeah, I agree. Um, And, you know, I think it's a big discussion. I know the boys will want to chime in on this one as well. But before that, we're going to head to our next song for the night. It is Jesus Stole My Girlfriend by Violet Oh, no. She's left me for Jesus. I mean, you can't really compete with Jesus, can you, Connor? But you are listening to play. You just heard Movie by Solo Career. Now, that's a part of Sin Sweet Six. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I'm getting a frequency it's coming in radio broadcast right to my headset oh no golly gosh guys i i didn't see this coming okay now i understand we did not have a permit for any of this silly mucking about but we we made a mistake in fact i'm not even going to say we made a mistake okay it's the silly buggers before us who made the real mistake okay connor and alini forgot to say jesus stole my girlfriend by violence so her that was a song before that that it has an explicit uh, some content in there. They didn't even say that. I don't know what's gone wrong. You know, we we hire mm. and train professionals, Jacob. I thought, but you know, it's it's been a hot minute since Connor was in the executive producer seat. I'm mm-hmm. guessing he's gone a bit and, rusty. Yeah. I mean, like we've traumatized some children now, and I'm okay with that. It's great. Right, so, right. um, <laughs> listen, Jacob, Steam Deck. What do you think about that? Okay, because honestly, I, I I don't really care. Yeah, I, I'm of the same mindset. I. I don't use PC gaming enough to really jump into it and be like, yeah, this is going to revolutionize how I play video games. And I'll be completely real. Most people who use Steam aren't going to give really two craps about handheld gaming. It is handheld gaming. Uh, Most people who are playing this are used to the the mouse and keyboard, something that the Steam Deck does not have. And um, a lot of games from Steam's library will, uh, as, as much as they have, controller support a lot of them will be built around the use of a mouse uh, which is great to say that it has the entire steam library but does that really mean much for me there's a like a mix of stuff right the steam games come with like a controller support because steam was trying to push like their whole setup you know the steam controller a while back there was a big push for that as well most of these games also on console but okay I have a Switch. I can play that on the go if I really need. I barely play it on the go. And I have this big issue with it. At the moment, I feel like the Steam Deck is sort of this thing that comes across as like, it's like gamer bait. It's bait for Mm -hmm. the PC Master Race plebs. Now, I'm a PC mostly gamer. You know, I'm currently using my gaming PC to do the radio with you. But, you know, all consoles are just PCs with a different operating system. This is a console too. This has its own operating system, Steam OS. It was made by Steam, you know. And I don't know. I think the hype's a little overdone. Sure, people are like, oh, I'm going to crack it. I'm going to play Windows. Like, I'm going to use it as a computer. But, like, why? Why would you? You Most people who are buying this already have the computer. Yeah. Like, what are you going to get from playing a lot of these games that are built on Steam to be played on Steam um, anywhere else? Because, one, I imagine online is probably not going to be as good as people want it to be. Uh, but two, outside of maybe 
uh, a couple games that feel like they should be on Switch. Like the only game that I have in my entire Steam library that I'm like, yeah, that would work really, really well handheld is Persona 4. But yeah. the problem there is, have you seen the uh, Steam Deck's um, controller layout? It's garbage. Oh, rough. It really is. I am, look are too small up the top of the little thing. They have little mouse pads, uh, little mouse pads to swap out for a mouse. Yeah, That's- I'm excited to see how that works with holding it. I feel like it's a bit weird. I would have my palms there typically. Um, but honestly, something that really like bugs me as well is I saw a great comment by famous redditor and webcomic creator Sir Gaffo, who was making posts about it. And someone was like, oh, you know, you could play your fighting games in bed. And it's like, or I could get out of bed and go to my computer like, a, you know, what, what is this extra time in the day that it require? This stuff's easy. It's not that big of a deal. Mm. And I don't know. I've never really... I, d- I don't see the appeal of it. Maybe for kids, you know, maybe not as like a, a cheap alternative. That, I wouldn't even say as a cheap alternative because its price points aren't cheap. It doesn't have what the Switch Lite has. It, the Switch Lite is very cheap for what it is. Um, the OLED, yes, is expensive and don't really care about that. But even the normal Switch is cheaper than the um, medium yeah, model. I think that's a funny Steam thing. Deck. So it's uh, like it's come out, it's overly expensive and it's going for an audience that is so... It's, it's going for the hardcore audience that wants to play casually. Hey? Before we get into leaving this discussion, okay, I would like to add, some people were talking about how it's very crazy this gets announced, but we get Gabe Newell on a coffee show or whatever, and he talks about it. But also, why there's so many memes about it all of a sudden? Yeah. Okay, is this, are you doing this, Valve? Are you doing this, Steam? Are you it, marketing with memes on popular websites? I, I bet you are. We recently saw that, and I... Uh, I'm going to break a couple of people's bubbles here. That family Dom Toretto yep. Fast and Furious yep. meme, that was, a, um, that was a plant meme. That was 100%. planted by Final Fantasy. Who laughed at that Final meme? Fantasy, uh, Fast and Furious even. Um, FF, same thing. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was built by the company and then it blew up. Um, <laughs> so it, it feels like that because every meme I've seen about it has been, uh, oh, it's going to destroy the Switch. Switch users are all crazy about the OLED. Problem is, they're not they're really not uh most people who've seen the oled are just going like oh okay it's a thing uh yeah yep and this most people who are interested in the steam deck are having the exact same reaction some people are like oh "Oh, look yeah okay it's fine i haven't met a person who's super ecstatic about it yeah this feels like what people wanted from the switch pro but they forgot that the switch pro was never going to (laughs) work but not is going to work our next song and you know what tom i got a question for you and you'll have to think about this one while this song plays. What kind of Pokemon are you? Here is What Kind of Pokemon Are You by Nate Wants to Battle and Dookie Shed. Here on Player One on Sin with Jacob, Tom, Connor, and Eleni. I Need Your Love by Charlie Crockett. Part of the Sweet 16, you can check that out every single week at sin.org.au or on the Sunday Sweet Show every Sunday, Arvo. And Tom, I asked you a question uh, as we left the last segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of Pokemon are you? Do you have the answer? I do have the answer. Now, Jacob, I wish I was a water-type Pokemon. Okay, I'm in love with the ocean. I love to swim. Uh, I, I just love that whole idea. Going, on, But realistically, okay, I found out the other day. Now, we don't need to ask any questions. Punches hurt. Um, it's likely I'm a normal-type Pokemon, if anything. And um, also, I've never seen a ghost, so maybe I'm not affected by them. So, yeah, I'm going to say that it's likely... Yeah, I'm, I'm normal-type. That's God, fair. That's it fair. hurts to admit. But, 
you mentioned the water and uh, relaxing, and I think of a game that is just as relaxing as anything else I've seen and has a lot of water involved, and mm. that is Power Wash Sim. And there has been this almost blow-up recently uh, on things like Twitch and YouTube of these relaxing styles of games. Uh, Power Wash Sim being just one of them, where they're just simple household tasks, but you do them on a, a Twitch channel or a stream or something like that, and you sit there for hours playing this, and you just kind of wash away your fears, pun intended. How do we feel about these kinds of games and this being a growing market? I, I, you know what? I love it. Casual gaming is great. It's a good thing, and it's really important to sustain interest in gaming. Have a market where people don't feel pressured to complete extreme challenges or to grind, where they can just come and actually have a good time that they can depend on and not have it be some competitive experience. Obviously, me as an esports advocate, that might not be what you expected to hear, but I love casual gaming. Um, You know, one of my favorite games of 2020 was Animal Crossing. That's sort of, that's like a broader scope version of what you mean. You know, it's not one simple task, but it's a lot of simple tasks combined into just one cozy experience. And I I don't know, I love that. I think this isn't really that new, though. I remember when I was finishing high school, there was a big game that was kind of around called PC Building Simulator. And, uh, you know, young Tom, who didn't know he was going to study computer science, was super into that. And, you know, look where I am now, studying computer science. Relaxing games and you've gone, yes, let's simulate building a PC. That's relaxing. Yeah, that just sounds like stressful. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to move. I'm going to throw to someone else and say, like, what's your kind of stress relief kind of game in that kind of situation that isn't? building a pc that mm. well i think like animal crossing was a great example obviously it's not exactly similar to sort of like a simulation type game uh but i definitely think like there's a market for these kinds of games because i think one thing that's funny about the video game industry is obviously you know other entertainment industries things like movies and tv shows there's so many different genres so many different types of films and so I think, I don't know why the gaming world can't look at that as well. Like, why does there always have to be one type of game that gets released every week? Not that there is, but I think that as the gaming industry gets bigger, which it, it absolutely is, uh, there'll be a market for everything before we were talking about exercise games. And so I think, you know, with lockdown as well, you know, stress relief is something that's really important. For everyone, I think, during COVID times. And so who wouldn't want to just, you know, enjoy something like a power wash simulation? I think, what else do we have to do in lockdown at the moment? I know that I would happily take that over doing my uni work. So I think if if people want these games, then they should keep making them because games are a great way to de-stress. It doesn't always have to be, you know, a high-difficulty, insane high octane game sometimes it's nice to just sit back and and enjoy the vibes but yeah what do you guys think would you like to see more games like this absolutely of course whether it is power washing or in my case making bases in subnautica i love a good time especially underwater where uh, Subnautica being a very relaxing game, but also an extremely stressful game. But Jacob, listen, you're really stressing me out here because what's more stressful than playing Subnautica when you're getting jumped on by a Reaper is our next 
song and oh dear god it's taken over the internet and it's taken over the player one we got bezos one and bezos two by bo burnham from inside and for the love of god please tuck your children into bed this has got big old content warnings so get the the big x up tuck them into bed tell them jeffrey put their back into it tell us why show us how I mean, look where he came tell from them they're safe now. from jeffrey he went to space tell them he's still up there it's all right amazon he will be back with Amazon gift cards. Yeah, um, as well. you, are listening, <laughs> you are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jacob, Aleni, and Tom. The song you just heard was Watching the Willows Burn by Jack Name and Aofi Nessa Francis. That's part of Sin Sweet 16. And you're here with me. My name is Tom, and you're here on Player One. As well in the studio, we have Connor, Aleni, and Jacob. Wow. Player One is such a great show. You might know that too. You can find out all about us on our Instagram and our Twitter, which is at Player One Sin. We're also Player One on YouTube and on Omni, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast, and Spotify. Wow, this show has been really long, like two hours. I hope we have only, oh my God, there's another whole hour more talking. Lots of great stuff, I hope. Like, maybe we talk about lockdown and Connor and he will say some cool things as well. I think there's some cool dudes who are going to talk about video games. Ah, player one, I can always depend on you. Like this next song, Forever in the Friend Zone by School Suburban Legends. You're here with me on player one on sin. You just heard Renegade by Big Red Machine, uh, featuring Taylor Swift, of all people, on the Sweet 16. You can check that out every week at sin.org.au, or, alternatively, you can check that out every Sunday afternoon at Sunday Sweet's Sunday Show. And before that, you heard Forever in the Friend Zone by Suburban Legends. And you know what? We're also in some sort of zone right now. We're in lockdown. Uh, 5.0 has uh, been extended at the moment. Um, Fingers crossed it doesn't go for too long. But you know what? We figured if we're going back into lockdown every single week for the next little while, a member of Player One will give you a game to check out during the lockdowns. And we thought Connor kind of put his hand up and he's going to give you a game to play. So, Connor, what game should we play? Well, Jacob, uh, yeah, lockdown episode five, COVID strikes again. We're about to have about to have as many lockdowns as there are Star Wars films. But the game that I chose specifically, um, I talk about it a lot, and I don't care that I talk about it a lot because I love it to death. And that is Deadly Premonition. If you want Twin Peaks, the video game, you've got it. Deadly Premonition is a 2010 uh, low-budget Xbox 360 game released uh, by Sweary65, who is uh, an interesting fellow, to say the least. Deadly Premonition follows the investigation of a murder. You play as Detective Francis York Morgan of the FBI, and what you're doing is throughout the game, you're uncovering the mystery, solving the case. It is just an all-around good time, and... For as simple the premise is, it actually cranks in so much content. There is the main story, which itself goes for 20 hours. And on top of that, you have a bunch of side stuff to do. But what really sells this game is if you are looking for the perfect example of it's so bad, it's good. Deadly Premonition is your game. And this is simply down to the production value, I will say, the budget 
and the story. So this was a low budget game. So they did have to cut a little bit of corners in terms of everything else. Um, so the game runs like, I don't know, it runs like a switch trying to play crisis. It, it does the job, but it's not going to do the best of jobs. Now, the, the story itself is actually fantastic. There are so many twists and so many turns that over time you think, why didn't I think that before? That's Deadly Premonition 1 or Deadly Premonition Origins if you played it on the Switch, which I have. That's how I discovered the game. I, I was always familiar with it, partially because I'm a big fan of Jim Sterling who praised the game. And on top of that, um, it's a curious thing that I've been like, yeah, I want to give that a try. And I am so glad I did because now it's one of my favorite games of all time and I will not shut up about it. Uh, Runner up for this was also Doom Eternal, but I talk about Doom Eternal enough. Hey, can I just put my hand up here and just ask now Deadly Premonition, that's, that's, that, that starts with a, a crash. No, it's not really spoils. It's the start of the game. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, squirrels. Yeah, I know exactly and what you're talking about. The- sound wrong and the squirrels make monkey noises yep that's exactly right so uh when i said the game is a very low budget and very low production values uh yeah that's exactly right but what we will not mistake the sound of is our next song and that is light up the night by the proto men you are listening to player one on scene with connor eleni jacob and thomas the song you just heard was Romcom 2004 by Soccer Mummy. That's part of Sin Sweet 16. And no, of course, I'm not talking about Wimbledon or The Prince of Me or The Girl Next Door. No, I'm talking about video games. We're here on Player One on Sin. Now, okay, my co-host, my beautiful co-host, Connor, Jacob and Lenny, we're going to talk about something that bugs me. That's right. I get annoyed about this. I get annoyed that people want to gatekeep video games. Okay. Last week, we talked a little bit about the difficulty of video games and how the phrase get good, you know, whether it had a place in video games anymore and whether people uh, should be like allowing us to play easier games or harder games. Now, personally, I think video games are an art form that should be enjoyed by everyone. Great medium. So, you know, as long as it's not too much hassle to put it in an easy mode or a harder mode for a game, hell yeah, why not? Someone can enjoy the game more because that mode is in it. Go for it. I love that. Doom personally has uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Sorry, I lied to you all. My favorite game series of all time. And it it has a lot of difficulty options. You know, there's a lot of variety in the ways that you can play. And sometimes those are what people need and what people want. I love how myself, a person who's played PC games for nearly a decade and almost struggles with console FPS, when I heard that Doom came to the Xbox Game Pass. I picked it up right away and I played it in 4K on um, like TV at home. And I can't use a controller. So I picked it up and played it in the easiest mode. And I had a blast of a time, despite how I always try and play that game on the hardest of difficulties. I know a few of you may have different opinions. And you know what? Hit them at me. Throw them at me. Assault yeah, I'll, I'll go for it. I'll go for it since I didn't have my my pace on it last week as Michael transactions himself tried to uh, kidnap me and sell me as a part of a battle pass. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, whoever says get good should frankly exit a room immediately because I will not like you. Um, I hate that phrase. Anyone who says it without swearing 
bleep off. Um, gaming is for everyone, and I don't care who you are. If you love gaming, love it. If you prefer to play things on an easy mode, go for it. I play things on easy mode, and I don't care. Like, it shouldn't matter to anyone because everyone plays games differently, and if they don't play it the way you like to play it, how does that affect you? Um, secondly, if you like to play games on a, on a hard mode, of course, that's perfectly fine too. I love Cuphead. I suck at Cuphead, but I enjoy it because of the difficulty and because of, obviously, the style and the aesthetic of the game. But would I love an easier mode? Sure, I'd love to finish the game someday, but that's not going to stop me from enjoying it. And if you're someone who enforces that get good mentality when it comes to games like Cuphead, Dark Souls, Doom, or any sort of uh, competitive FPS game or competitive multiplayer game, uh, yeah, go kindly bleep yourself. Um, yeah, I just hate that phrase so much with a passion. <laughs> I we last week we talked about stealing the phrase and using it for other means, not necessarily about uh, telling someone else to. Oh, you know, no, no, I, I get that. I'm just, but, I'm just more so in that context. Yeah, no, I thought um, you may enjoy actually them. that. That's what we talked about. Uh, you know, enjoy games, enjoy how you like them, but don't if, don't force how you enjoy them onto now, other people who enjoy playing games differently than you. I know Jacob wants to say something before you do. There was this in their notes here for this. It says, should Dark Souls only have hard modes? Now, when I read that, I thought it was going to say, should Dark Souls have a harder mode? Sure, I'd love that. Go for it. <laughs> and I think at the end of the day, when it comes to if it's also up to the people who make the games, if they want it to be a hard game or not, like if they want to add an easy mode to a game, of course, that's their choice. But if they want to make it a challenging game, where in the case of Dark Souls, there's a lot of skill and a lot of timing and a lot of really key decision-making. Yeah. Like, of course, well, that's like, up to the developers. I, I, I'm going to step in here and, yep. like, context-wise, uh, this whole conversation came up because uh, the Psychonauts 2 uh, devs have included a, uh, what I'm going to call a very easy mode in that there's a mode where you're essentially invincible throughout the entire game. And it's more cool. meant for those who um, may not have the same accessibility to video games that uh, per se I do. Um, now, that I love that idea. I think any, I think any, any way to get any more people involved in video games is a great thing to do. Um, now, I, I will throw this out. Yes, diff difficulty in games is great. I love games that are overly difficult, that have that challenge to them. You mentioned Cuphead. I love being challenged by Cuphead. Um, People do Pokemon with that. I think Pokemon's a great example of this. Uh, people don't usually ever complain or tell people off because of uh, the difficulty in which they play a game um, because most people play the games as they're meant to be played. People who want a harder difficulty, who want more challenge, make the challenges themselves and then play those. And that's how gaming should be. Yes, if there isn't a harder difficulty option for you, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. If you want to play a harder game, go play a harder game. Yeah. I think like, we, hard we, games... Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, we're, we're talking about it before. Just, you know, games that are um, just relaxing and easy and simple, like the simulator games. Uh, one game I got into very recently was Slime Rancher. That game is one of the easiest I've ever played, but you know what? It's also one of the most uh, interesting and fun games I've ever played because of how simple and easy it is. 
yes, I would love to replay it once I've beaten it with a harder difficulty. But I love where it is. So that's, that's just where I sit. <laughs> Games are great. I think let everyone play. Game difficulty comes from an age where a game didn't have as much content as we do now and it needed to be hard so that it could prolong, you know, you'd have to put a lot more time into it. And that's what I was thinking before. If Dark Souls is harder, that'd be interesting for people who find these games a lot more simple because Dark Souls and all the Souls like find a lot of length in the fact that they expect you to lose countless times before you're able to actually progress. So people who, you know, do one hit or no hit or like play all the games in one, having that harder difficulty could actually prolong the amount of content they have and make video games just that bit more part of their life. You know, we love people who only play video games. Like, oh, I love, as this conversation goes on, the one thing that comes to my mind is the Mega Man series where I've played through every single Mega Man game and I love the difficulty. I I have, the le- I have the legacy collections and I really tried to not use the rewind feature or the save states. I would just go in and just try and play it as purely as possible. Um, I love that challenge, but goddamn, I wish it had an easier mode because I could get through the games in, in much more enjoyable fashion instead of pulling my hair out. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. Like sometimes as good as having a hard difficulty can be, I know in my own experience, sometimes it can really take away from just the enjoyment of the game and obviously the whole point of games is their entertainment at the end of the day you're supposed to be able to enjoy them and I think sometimes uh like I am speaking for myself but I think just in general if you're just too caught up on the difficulty and that idea of like proving to like your fellow gamers hey like check this out I beat this game on the hardest difficulty sometimes it can just ruin the whole game and like I know, like, I remember last time we spoke about this, I mentioned Tomb Raider and how I basically stopped playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider because I could not handle that final difficulty. So I think that at the end of the day, difficulties are important, but they shouldn't make or break a game. I don't think that it should ever be, you know, what a game is known for, built around. But at the end of the day, difficulties are there to stay. They're not going anywhere and we're not going anywhere, but we are going to take a quick break and head into our next song, which is Hydro City Zone covered by the Super Soul Bros. And you're listening to Player One on Sin. The song that you just heard was Take 3 by Inner Wave. That's a part of Sin Sweet 16. You're here with me. My name is Tom and you're listening to Player One on Sin. And as a little surprise, I kicked everyone else out of the studio and brought someone else in. Here is Jay. Whoa! Whoa! Jay! <laughs> For those who don't know, I used to edit, like, every episode, and I and then I decided, no, I'm gonna go make my own show with this beautiful human sitting next to me. Yes, so we, Jay and I, Tom and Jay, host a radio show called Hypothetically Speaking. It's also on Sin. It's available yeah. Tuesday nights, 4pm to 5pm. You can check it out, but we'll give you a little sample of what we do. We ask hypothetical questions. So, Jay, <laughs> hypothetically... What have you been playing this week? <laughs> Hypothetically, uh, I've literally been playing everything you play, Tom, because yes. we spend every waking hour together. So we were, we're going to review a game, yeah. Jay, and I don't like normal games. I'm not a regular person. I'm no regu- This is no regular show, okay? This is no regular show, yeah. This is Adventure Time. Yeah, so <laughs> we are reviewing Bigfoot on Steam. That's what it's called. I Big think Bigfoot. Hunting Bigfoot? Hunting, yeah, something like that. I think it's just called Bigfoot. Yeah. He's in it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he is in it. He looks interesting. He looks like a furry, like, in this game, you hunt Bigfoot. That's basically it. You wake up and you're in a caravan in the woods somewhere. 
with uh, your yeah, mates like that. Whatever you and up to four mates in, in America yeah and you you have to find four dead bodies and you have a bunch of like weapons and traps and stuff oh yeah I forgot there's like a mission so Bigfoot it's a PVE co-op horror survival game oh. and it's like the exact same as Phasmophobia and Lunch Lady where it's four survivors with limited resources pitted up against one stronger enemy and we have to I think you have to kill him and or is it kill him or or is it kill him and discover four bodies I think kill him and kill him and discover four bodies of missing people yeah I mean uh, it's pretty good it's not, not fun it's also really bad that's why yeah. it's fun though yeah no okay that's what I said in my in my mind Bigfoot plays into its role perfectly which is that it's just like every other 4v1 game ever it's a copy paste system that seems yep. to be going around now we had Phasmophobia we have this we have Lunch Lady and then we have that new Phasmophobia game and then you have GTFO the one where it's four people that go underground that's like Left 4 Dead we have there's so many games where Dead it's 4v enemy. Yeah. The only problem with the uh, Daylight is that you're against another human. But um, yeah. Bigfoot, Faz, Lunch Lady, these games are the same in the way that they're literally just... This is how I see it anyway. They're a canvas for you and your friends to like paint the experiences on. Like The game itself is mediocre at best. There's nothing crazy. <sighs> I don't There's understand no it. system that's insane. This is not what I want to say. Okay. It's who you play it with that makes the game good. The game is clearly very cheaply made. And one thing yeah. that really defines that for me is like Bigfoot is a unique asset that they made for the game that's very apparent because they had yeah. to borrow assets. It's like an independent game and they have like a bear and it's got fur. You can tell this is a bear, but it's smooth, like a kind of a 3D texture you'd expect, you know, I'm like, cool, whatever. But Bigfoot yeah. <laughs> He's fully 3D rendered, and then he's just got, like, a hairs, and he's, just, he's just a puffy... He's so fuzzy. <laughs> it's, it's not scary until you see his face. From behind, he looks like a giant teddy bear. <laughs> like, if they if they made him flat, like, a head, you know, no actual Yeah, hairs, they gave him the same, like, the same assets as the bear. I don't care if they reused the bear's hair just... texture. It would have looked scarier than the like the afro that he has, like the full body afro. He just runs at you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the hair graphic, like the hair physics, like as he runs at you. Yeah, it's uh, it is nothing. They just don't move. They just puffed out hair. He's just there. He's got the big glowing red eyes. I mean, I think part of for me, I had so much fun where we're just like running around, exploring the woods. Getting into mood of it. The game does atmosphere okay, but enough so that it's true, like, true, true. oh my god, where are my friends? Yeah, like, yeah, like with the with the um, the, it does atmosphere enough that if I am separated, I do get scared from the random animal noises every now and then. You'll hear like from the end of the corner a scream. Yep. Oh, like at night, it's move. so dark. At night, it's pitch black. Your your torches are useless. Yeah, and um. Yeah, ammo does no damage to Bigfoot. Ammo does nothing. You basically have to... The so if you're alone, you're probably going to die. Traps, traps and, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And maybe, get, like, what we did was just corner him in a place where he couldn't reach us and then just shoot at him forever. Jay, stab him. I'm thinking we should play more video games together. We should, we should. We should also review more video games together. Wow. Honestly, Jay, out of 10, actually not, out of... Uh, out of five Bigfoots, what would you give this? Out of five Bigfoots? Yeah. Can I go out of 10? Go out it's of 10 much, Bigfoots, It's yeah. much more wider range. Yeah. Uh, so for the base game as it is, I'd give it a 3 out of 10. 3 Bigfoots out of 10 Bigfoots, yeah. 3 big feet out of 10. But depending on who you play it with, because I know when Tom and I were placing the forest together, hunting down the the big, ugly, fat, stupid big feet, 
<laughs> uh, we were having we were having fun with our dumb comments and tangents and inside jokes and like, come on, get and stuff come like that. Come on, get. Come on, get. <laughs> that it could easily be bumped up to like an eight, like an yeah. eight out of ten. That, and that's saying a lot because ten out of ten is like a perfect game. So like a seven point five or eight out of out of ten big feet. Yeah, I would rate it like a like a size ten shoe out of size thirteen. All right, that's all my right. feet. Size thirteen. Your yeah. Nice. And you know what else is my feet? Not a good what? transition. Lights, camera, no, action by T Loops from Sonic I'll Mania. T Loops. Not your best work. No. You just heard "Feel Nothing" by Amen Dunes featuring Sleaford Mods. And I'll tell you what, I did not feel nothing this show. I felt a lot of things uh, this entire show. And right now, I'm feeling a little bit a uh, bit of sweet. Because we're coming to the end of the show. This is the final part of the show. This is where we say our goodbyes. I'm going to remind you where to find us. Now, those places are pretty great, actually. Um, they are Player One on Twitter and Instagram, Player One on YouTube, and Player One on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And look, if you haven't checked it out yet, please check out our YouTube because uh, Tom and Nick have worked together brilliantly. And we now have a video form of the Ninja Brian interview. And in the future, we hope to have uh, video forms of all our previous interviews in case you missed any. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But as I said, we are reaching the end of the show. And I just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who listened in tonight. And we hope to see you next uh, next show. Of course, the same player one time, same player one show. Uh, but guys, we got any final words before we leave? Jacob, you're stealing my line. Uh, lines. Yeah, but that, that's my line, man. That's all my line. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't care. You can you can steal what you want. Um, you know, be nice. Go play outside. Well, actually, no, don't go play outside because <laughs> we're in lockdown. Um, go out into your living room and, and, and play sports indoors and, I don't know, maybe accidentally knock a vase over. Um, but oh, Enjoy the Olympics with your uh, Wii strap uh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Enjoy Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yes, and everyone stay safe, stay healthy, especially anyone in lockdown at the moment. Play lots of games. And, yeah, enjoy the rest of your night, folks. Hey, you, listener. I'm Tom. I'm Tiny Tom again. I know before I was there, I was at the start of the show. I'm trapped in the radio still. Yeah, get the screwdriver. Yes. Just, you know what? Probably don't prime me open because I'll be here again next week. That's right. Player one is it's a regular thing. You'll get used to it. I'm, I'll be here again. Thanks for listening in, and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, this is Phoebe Watson, and you're listening to Player